Welcome to The Beauty of Conflict, a podcast about how to deal with conflict at work, at home, and everywhere else in your life. I'm Chris Marie. And I'm Susan. We run a company called Thrive, and we specialize in conflict resolution, communication, and building strong, thriving teams and relationships. Conflict shows up in our lives in so many ways. Most people, unfortunately, are not very good at handling conflict. Most people have never been taught the right tools for dealing with conflict. And then it leads to unnecessary friction, arguments, passive-aggressive emails, tears, hurtful comments, stuckness, all kinds of things we don't want. We're on a mission to change all of that. We spent the last 20 years teaching our clients how to handle conflict in a whole new way. We're here to show you that conflict doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming. With the right tools, you can turn a moment of conflict into a moment of reinvention. Conflict can pave the way into a beautiful new system at work, a new way of leading your team, a new way of parenting, a new chapter of your marriage where you feel more connected than ever before. Conflict can lead to beautiful things. Welcome to the show, Joanne. We're so happy you're here. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. Now, our background goes many years in the distance. If <laughs> <laughs> we've worked with you and your different companies that you've been at, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and the work you were doing at the couple of companies that we worked with you at? Yeah. I mean, I think I first met you guys when you were um, doing some work at the Haven, and that's what had brought to mind. I was working in the corporate world then for a large sort of global software company, and our team was struggling. And so I'd experienced some of the work you guys had done at the Haven and thought perhaps it would be helpful to bring someone in to do some team building there. And, you know, we were struggling as a team. We weren't communicating particularly well. And there was a lot of sort of unspoken conflict in the organization and people's willingness to sort of step forward and resolve that on their own just wasn't happening. And your role on the team, you headed the marketing arm, yeah, I right? Was, I was head of marketing for the North American team. Mm -hmm. And when we came in to work with your executive team, can you describe a little bit about how that was for you? What worked? What shifted? What did you take away from that experience? Well, I think originally when we brought you in, we wanted to have a strategic planning session. And and so I think people's idea of what we needed was quite different from what was actually getting in our way. Mm -hmm. I believe, I remember you guys did a sort of, we did sort of a team assessment, which mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. done before we went into the retreat. And what really became clear as we, I think as individuals, as we were doing the assessment, and then as a team that we weren't really functioning well as a team. Um, you know, we were going along trying to get things done, but there was a lot of different agendas and a lot of sort of unspoken conflict going on. There was a real lack of trust within the team for sure. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because so often we in the business arena get brought in specifically, well, we want to do a strategy session. And when we're working with teams, we always say, you know, we're happy. We're going to get to the strategy and we want which to we do, do, which we do, <laughs> but we want to do the smart and the healthy aspects of things, not just looking at the, in, in our vernacular too, it's not just looking at the business, but really taking a step back and actually looking at yourself, looking at the relationships and team dynamics going on. Mm -hmm. And then amazingly enough, the business gets done pretty fast. So <laughs> that sounds familiar. And we do use that, that assessment that does give you some indicators on the health, not just the smart side of your business. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, and that was really apparent. I mean, so we kind of went into that. And then as we started to really get to know each other more, you know, there was a lot of sort of vulnerability came up within the week. And I think there was a deeper appreciation of 
our unique differences. And some of the, and I think some of the strongest things that we all took away from it was the ability to share, you know, both positives and negatives with each other. I think there was just not a lot of, there was a lot of gossip and behind the scenes stuff going on when people had conflict and not dealing very directly. And some of our leadership as well, like, you know, just the style of dealing with people individually rather than bringing forth what was going on as a team. And as we started to put those issues on the table and started to have people actually talking to each other, it was quite, you know, there was quite a shift in our focus. And I think for the first time, we started to come together much more as a team because, you know, we were willing to actually look at some of the actual issues that were going on and getting in our way. I think one group had an agenda to, you know, so we were both kind of going off doing our own agendas and working in silos and good work happening, but not necessarily the focus we needed to get things moving in the same direction. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting because I think it is so hard I mean, when you have a team and really good people who are smart and passionate, you think, okay, if we each do what we do best, we're going to make things happen. It's going to be amazing. And what often ends up happening is people, when they don't know how to work well together or don't know how to deal with the conflict, go into their silos and their area of expertise. And though they might be doing good work, it's not necessarily utilizing that creative option where you kind of have to get into the mess. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and kind of work more collab. I mean, people want to collaborate, but Mm it so often involves being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to get into the conflict. And I think that is often the hardest piece, especially for really smart people like <laughs> yourself and other leaders. Well, I, think, I think it was probably for some of the people in the team, it was the first time they really appreciated the differences. I think we went through, I remember uh-huh. going through a Myers-Briggs exercise where we just got to start to look at each of our personality styles and recognizing <laughs> that that diversity could be a real strength if we brought it together, but also appreciating the different aspects we all brought as individuals. So, I mean, I think that was for me very powerful. I had done some of that work before and had kind of guesses at what our team was. And I think putting that on the table and learning how to actually communicate in a way that met each other's needs was really powerful. And I think having some tools to actually check things out with each other, learning how to communicate in a constructive way, even if it was something where we were distancing or had negatives with the person, that I think was a skill that we took all from that from that retreat and started to use. And I think the way we communicated as a team was pretty dramatically shifted. And the willingness to actually go in and check out negative perceptions with each other and sit down and listen was something that I think we all took away from that and helped our team really grow. That's powerful. I think that's so true. You know, when people get together, they assume, we all assume, everybody thinks like me. So they want to be communicated like me. They want to, you know, we just have that kind of, really, it's kind of a a bit of a narcissistic viewpoint of the rest of the world until we realize, and then we take everybody when they don't behave the way we want them to, take it really personally. Mm -hmm. And so it's so powerful to get to know, oh, no wonder you look at things completely different. It's not, not from my point of view. And then there's more respect that's developed versus people thinking you're disrespecting me. And that's where divisions happen and silos and people gossip. And can you believe he did that? (laughs) I I just think even between Chris Marie and I, you know, she's really good at details and giving directions and helping support that. And I personally find it like, oh my goodness, really? This is so obvious. We don't need to 
break it down anymore. And that is totally a Myers-Briggs style piece. Mm -hmm. And when I started to realize I should always listen to her when she tells me to break it down, it became much better because nine times out of 10, I thought I was good at that, but I was not doing it (laughs) nearly enough. So, you know. Well, I think that's sort of why, I mean, now, I mean, I left that company um, about four or five years ago, and I now work as a consultant as well as um, a facilitator up at the Haven. And I quite often am brought in by clients to work with them on team building and stuff. And one particular client, I remember saying, oh, this is way out of my depth. I need you guys. Um, Because there was just a whole lot of personalities. It was a owner run business where there was not a lot of separation between the owner and the way they ran their business. And you guys just did a phenomenal job of coming into what was, you know, somewhere between a family and a company (laughs) 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 and helping sort out roles and responsibilities and, you know, a commitment on focus. Yeah. It's so important to actually be able to clear things up and get clear on roles and responsibilities because otherwise people are stepping on each other's toes, which Mm -hmm. then leads to, again, people backdoor politics and not working together. I'm curious, Joanne, what would you say, you know, for you when you're in conflict or what you've learned over the years, because you've obviously kind of had to work with this in a lot of different ways. What's been the number one thing that has helped you be able to hang in for conflict? Because I think you get the value of it, but I'm sure there's, you know, didn't come naturally, just like it usually doesn't for any of us. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, in some of the coaching work that I did with you guys was around recognizing my patterns of defensiveness. Mm. And, you know, I think earlier in my career, not even, even really recognizing when I was in reaction and some of the clues that, you know, were there for me when those defense patterns were showing up. And I, and I think the biggest thing was, you know, when my lack of curiosity <laughs> is not there (laughs) and focused on being right not good things don't generally happen (laughs) so I think that the concept of you know developing a discipline of curiosity with people when my defenses are rising and being able to um, use some of the communication tools that I've learned to get more curious and be you know interested in other points of view and letting my own agenda perhaps be, you know, sit to the side while I get more information and data. So that's probably the strongest thing that I've taken away mm-hmm. from that. And, and also recognizing that, you know, my being able to bring my feeling self into the workplace, I always saw as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Yes. And okay. so a lot of my career, early part of my career, I spent time trying to squash that down and it didn't lead to a particularly satisfying or that sense of being a fraud, you know, somehow I'm hiding this part of myself that is weak and also recognizing that that's also where my passion for work is. I think that is so powerful, Joanne, that you recognize that so many people and especially women tend to think, well, I can't be my full self at work. I've got to fit into this Mm -hmm. male corporate environment, which means no feelings, no vulnerability. Yet, that's actually what helps us connect to other people Mm -hmm. and 
helps us bring up our energy when we are able to be all of ourselves at work. (laughs) So I love that you recognized your passion comes through allowing your feeling self, your vulnerable self to come forward. Because those are, we think the fact that you were talking about curiosity and vulnerability, we think those are two magic ingredients that can transform Mm -hmm. conflict and relationships in a heartbeat when somebody shows up with those two magic traits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I found like for me, you know, it was, it was inverse to what I believed. I thought, oh, if I start bringing this feeling self to work, I'm going to be seen as weak or not respected. I mean, I worked in a global environment, primarily an all-male executive team. And um, But what I started to find was, you know, as I became more comfortable bringing my own self and some of my more of my vulnerability to my work, you know, magic things started to happen within the team. You know, other people were starting to show up more in their full selves. And that contributed to a a lot more passion, a lot more commitment to projects and a lot more willingness of people to step forward when they had disagreement or perhaps didn't see things. And so we, you know, we started to have really successful projects because people were willing to step up and actually collaborate in a, you know, and sometimes that meant conflict, but in a healthy way. And so we started to get recognized globally as this power team and uh, people were trying to figure out what are they doing that's different. Oh, I love that. <laughs> we were being vulnerable and real with each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny because so many people are afraid to be vulnerable thinking, you know, somebody's going to think I'm unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Yet when somebody is vulnerable, honest and real, it's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. And it, it usually makes you admire and feel more connected to that person more, not less. Yeah, um, I love you guys, your your team turning into a power team because of vulnerability. We are with yeah, you on it was, that. It wasn't all that comfortable the first time I burst into tears because I was, uh, you know, so passionate about something. But I learned that that is my passion. That is, you know, mm. when I actually really care, there's a lot of feeling that goes with that. And so by understanding that and being able to have some compassion for myself and explain what was going on for me, that I was okay with my tears and that I was just really, really, and that I was really passionate about this and it was important to me. I think people became more comfortable and understood that, you know, people want to get behind leaders that actually have that commitment. Yeah, that show up as real. I love it. And even you saying you burst out in tears, like people might be going, oh my goodness, I'd hate for that to happen. But what that you were okay with it. So nobody had to take care of you. And it was really because you so cared about this idea that you wanted to bring forward. It sounds like, tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah. And I used to spend so much time sort of, you know, trying to stomp that down and I would head off to the bathroom or, you know, (laughs) out to my car and, (laughs) and, you know, and so I would cut myself off from, you know, because somehow that wasn't okay. And once I, and actually more, the more I got comfortable, it happened less because I was, you know, sort of staying in my feelings, but also able to communicate more clearly what was going on for me or why I disagreed or why I was so passionate about um, an outcome or something. I love that. You know, clients often tell us the things I've learned about workplace conflict, I've been able to apply those same approaches at home and vice versa. Has that happened for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, (laughs) you know, I think in my, I mean, this is my third marriage. And I think both of my first marriages were very nice. There was not a lot of conflict, not a lot of willingness to step forward and share when I disagreed. And my current relationship, we've been together 12 years. And uh, 
there's a lot of passion and there's also a lot of conflict. You know, we do, we do not see the world the same way. And I've learned that that can actually be pretty exciting if I can stay in my curiosity. So we've learned a lot of tools. I mean, we've also done a lot of work together on, you know, being able to stand in conflict together. And it's, it's certainly made people, I don't know if if it's a nicer relationship, it's definitely a richer relationship. (laughs) More passionate. I mean, do you have an example of where that comes up with between you and your husband? Oh, yeah. Like, I think we both had strong opinions. I mean, probably one of the funny ones that I think of is when we first met and and uh, I was wanting to go dancing. And he had a really strong aversion to what dancing was going to be about. And, you know, in the past, I would have just, you know, probably not done it or not move forward and and instead of just kind of and resented it and thought oh you know you're being controlling or you're not letting me be me and and I probably would have not done it and been kind of leaked out in a passive aggressive or way and and then instead I got curious about like what is dancing to you like <laughs> like you know here's what it is for me for me I go out with my girlfriends and have a great time and it's about exercises you know getting some exercise enjoying music and for him, you know, he was in the military. It was about going out and meeting someone and taking him home. And I'm like, oh, okay, oh, well, that's wow. your <laughs> Wow, very <laughs> different. Very different. <laughs> and, you know, and, and in actually staying in in the curiosity and being able to voice what my version of that was and his version, we were able to sort of, we were able to laugh and it, be, it became a non-issue for us. Mm. And we see a lot of the world quite differently. So that's a common occurrence for us to have a reaction about something either of us wants to do and then, you know, delve into a deeper curiosity about why that's important or what it means Mm -hmm. rather than just react. So it's certainly, you know, it's almost amusing because we rarely see things the same way. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We actually are, you know, going to be releasing a book about couples and we would love, because we've actually worked with you and I think at BioSovereign, you were both a part of that team. Mm -hmm. You were in business as well (laughs) as your relationship. So maybe we'll get a chance to interview you uh, together sometime (laughs) about this topic. (laughs) (laughs) Now, most people really don't like conflict. And we often hear people say things like, I hate conflict or "Ugh, this whole situation is so exhausting. I just want it to go away. Now, why do you think most people dislike conflict so much? What's that all about? I think it's often because, you know, in that conflict becomes distance or, you know, people move away from each other in conflict. And certainly I know with the tools that we've learned, you know, as a couple, and I think we've built some faith that there's actually some richness and a deeper understanding and knowing of each other in exploring that conflict. Certainly in our relationship, that's led to a much richer relationship. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what you said. I think sometimes in couples, probably in and on teams, when people don't think they're close and they experience distance, they think that's a problem. But a lot of times you can still, if you're willing to be curious and interested in the distance, mm-hmm. you are still very connected to each other and there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's actually not the distance that's the problem. It's the unwillingness to connect in that distance. That I think that creates the real separation versus oh, distance might be, you know, if I'm telling you why I'm distant from you, I'm actually revealing myself. I'm being vulnerable. I'm talking about it. Mm -hmm. And very different than if I just said, no, you know, this is a cause for me to separate completely. Yeah. And I think that's our experiences. Staying in, in that distance, you know, in a curious way has really helped us 
feel closer. Yeah, I've, I yeah. totally agree. There's times where we're completely distant with each other, but I still feel very close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine someone out there is listening to this episode and it's they're dealing with a really tricky conflict at work or at home. Joanne, what's one thing you would encourage that person to do or your number one piece of advice for dealing with conflict? Well, I think for me, I can speak for myself is, you know, starting with that, you know, some breath, (laughs) you know, actually slowing down and checking out what is going on in that moment. You know, conflict for me, I would just be going completely from my head in the past. And so learning to sort of breathe, slow down and check out what is actually happening so that I can have some awareness around what's actually going on for me has been very powerful. So that's probably the number one is, is, are you breathing? <laughs> right. I know because right. when people get in conflict, there's a whole physiological reaction that happens with your heartbeat accelerating, your vision narrows, your mm-hmm. body releases cortisol and adrenaline and mm-hmm. puts you in a state where you're really in a fight, flight or freeze. Mm-hmm. And if you're not aware of that, you're going to try to kind of problem solve or deal with the other person from that place, which you don't have access to very many resources at all. Mm -hmm. There's actually studies that your IQ drops 10 to 15 points when you get activated that way. So have you experienced that in as you become more aware of your reaction to conflict? Yeah, I mean, just even sometimes just even, you know, being able to slow down and breathe in those, you know, for me, it's been recognizing those cues. It's like what's going on, like often, you know, if I have zero curiosity, and I'm wanting to be right, a couple of breaths (laughs) 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 will help me um, sink back into recognizing that I you know, I do have an intention and desire, you know, I think learning the communication model in terms of being able to break down my communication and really explore what's going on with me. What's my intention with this person? If I really do want to have a relationship or in the moment, am I recognizing that I want to blame them or I want to be right? And owning that um, has been, you know, a, a game changer for me in relationship. Yeah, I really appreciate that. We talk about, okay, there's, you can be relational or you can be right. Which one are you wanting to be right now? Yeah. You know, and I think it, you know, just even being able to acknowledge it, like you were talking earlier about how defensive patterns get in the way. And so often, you know, even if I just say, I'm feeling quite defensive right now, it's such a, mm-hmm. that starts something changing. Because it's a vulnerable it's statement a vulnerable, to say. Yeah, I think the personal responsibility piece, like being able to own my own feelings and that sense of nobody can really make me feel anything. So, you know, being able to say to someone, I'm pissing myself off with what you're doing. You know, <laughs> is a lot different than you're doing the wrong thing. You know, like yes, bringing yeah. it back to what's the effect going on for me as I'm distancing or I'm... I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm pulling away from you. I think just be, and also being able to share intention. Like, you know, it's like my intention is I really want to be closer with you. And I'm recognizing that I'm feeling distant right now is a much better conversation than, you know, I think previously I would have gone in with you are, <laughs> <laughs> you are the problem. Yes. <laughs> I know I can still do that with oh, Susan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and using the communication model to clean up the times when I'm not. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes that's what happens. You know, it's like the difference between making this statement, you know, we're both getting defensive here yeah. versus, 
I'm getting defensive. I'm not going to tell you what you're doing. <laughs> I really want oh, to be tempting. No. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this has been great, Joanne. Are there any other final thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with as we close uh, no. out? This I mean, interview? I've just really appreciated. I mean, I look at you guys as a team, as a real great team of resources. I think it's been really valuable for me, whether it's been coaching or bringing you into the companies that I work with or, you know, attending couples courses with uh, my partner, you know, I think you bring a wealth of background and experience. So I, I really appreciate it and have appreciated and happy to be here with you today. So thank you. <laughs> yes. Oh, we've loved it. And it's, it's amazing because we have spanned so many, yeah. uh, having you in the couples course, coaching you. And I really love yeah. that, that we've had so many different interactions yeah. with you. Yeah. So I appreciate yeah. you guys are on my number one referral list. So <laughs> <laughs> love it. Thank All you. Right. Oh, it was so much fun talking to Joanne. I know we have interacted with her in so many different contexts. And I just, I really feel flattered that we're her number one referral. I love that. <laughs> and I had, I think I had forgotten like the, actually the range of that. So mm-hmm. that was great. And, you know, a couple things that really stuck out to me was when she talked about, you know, cause it's so common women in the business mm-hmm. arena have kind of have been led to believe that their emotional side or who they are, their fullness of who they are, isn't going to be welcomed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when she started to show up with her emotions, not only was it welcomed and and people were willing to be there and meet her in that, she also became the power team. I know. know, Well, it started happening that people could show up and be real, which is really, I think, what people want at work, not to have to pretend or say things just right, but to be able to be their full selves. So yeah, that it had an inverse relationship. Like it really catapulted them to business success when people were real and honest. I thought that was powerful. I also loved her willingness and vulnerability to acknowledge that, yes, her biggest thing was she gets defensive. She wants to be right. And and the fact that she can own that and talk about it is so huge and sort of is creating a potential for shift. Yeah. And even in that moment when she is in her reaction, her willingness to breathe, slow down and breathe and notice her reactions when she is not curious and wanting to be right. It's a red flag for her to go, wait a minute, what's happening for me? Because she is caught in that fight, flight or freeze response and she can intervene on her own behalf. Yes. And I love that she could tie it back to situations at home and, (laughs) and recognizing that this relationship she has now is really way more passionate and alive. It may not always be comfortable, but, uh, and it sure sounds like they have created something that's special. So I do look forward to being able to interview and talk to them. Yes, exactly. Yes. It was a great interview. I'm very glad we did it. All right. And we'll probably put a few things like maybe the breathing. This would be a good one to add some of our what to do in an oh shit moment. That's what we call it in the book. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll make reference to that in the Post notes. So and we even have there's some tools to how to, it's called how to settle yourself in the midst of conflict. So we'll also put some links to those. Yes. Okay. Number one thing is breathe. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. And if you're interested in the Beauty of Conflict for Couples book, you can pick one up at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books, or IndieBound. And The benefit is it's a simple book with practical tools that you can apply right away with stories about couples who I'm going to guess you're going to relate to. (laughs) And if you've enjoyed the show, please tell a few friends. And if you're willing, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Your review helps new listeners discover this program and more people listening to this show means less friction and arguing and suffering out in the world. So that's a great thing for everyone. Also visit our website, 
thriveinc.com, T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C.com. To read our articles, join our newsletter, buy our other books, and learn more about the services that we offer. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a peaceful, productive, and beautiful day. Take good care of yourself, and we hope you'll enjoy us again for another episode. Okay. Thank you.